This is Solar Spotlight, a special edition of the Contractor's Corner podcast from Solar Power World. Hello everybody, I'm Billy Luke with Solar Power World. Over the last several years, the shape and size of mounts used in residential solar projects have changed to a lower profile attachment that can be installed over the shingle instead of slid underneath like metal flashing sheets. The next obstacle in residential solar design was expanding these top-mounted attachments that could primarily be installed on rafters onto the decking surface of the roof. Ryan Estrada, Technical Program Outreach Manager, and Nico Martinez, Senior Product Manager at Unirac, are here to discuss what's new with solar mounting and, more specifically, the advancement of direct-to-deck attachments. So Ryan, Nico, thank you for coming on the show. Glad to be here. Thanks for having us. So what are the latest trends in solar PV racking technology? We're starting to see rayless make a little bit of a comeback here in in the solar racking industry. We've also seen a big push for open channel rail systems, both of which we provide here at Unirac. But rayless, we're starting to see a lot of a lot of our competitors, you know, starting to focus on on those types of systems. There's some big pros there, you know, can help reduce the number of attachments, which as we all know, one of the ways that your crews get called back to a house is with roof leaks. So if you can reduce the number of attachments that are penetrating that roof really helps. Then it also helps, you know, kind of with labor, reduces labor time for crews that are very well trained. And that's kind of one of the, the cons with the railless system that systems that we see is that there is a little bit steeper learning curve. It's a lot easier to get somebody up and moving on a rail system instead of railless. But there's a lot of pros to the railless system. Also, like one of the biggest is that you can basically, we, we kind of call it a system in a box, basically. You don't have big rails that you have to put on your truck. You don't have all these other pieces. You can put your box of all your clamps and your splices and everything in your truck and be on the roof. You don't have to carry stuff on your on the roof of your car or anything like that. Yeah, another trend we're seeing is polymeric or chemical flashings for roof attachments. So what's gaining a lot of popularity now is the butyl mastic um, roof attachments, and these will go directly on top of the clamp shingle. So the benefit there, you don't have to pry nails, you don't have to risk damaging shingles in cold weather when it gets really rigid. Um, you don't have to pop up nails and, and create holes and then backfill them. And it's been tested and, and tried and true in different industries, and, and now it's making a comeback in solar from on top of your comp shingles. So yeah, some of the benefits, it's you know, like a tacky mastic material that it doesn't fully solidify. So you don't get cracking on the outside. Um, the screws pull it down into the into the penetration. It also tolerates movement. So like thermal expansion on your roof, thermal expansion of the array, um, it'll move with that attachment and it, it won't compromise that seal. There's a lot of, lot of confidence in that right now. So that kind of segues into uh, direct to deck roof attachments. Since you don't have to pry shingles and you can stick the attachment on top of the comp shingle wherever you want, it allows for direct to deck roof attachment connections, which is essentially fastening your attachment directly into the sheathing. You don't always have to hit a rafter. And that's that's beneficial for kind of your non-standard uh, roof constructions where there's a place you need to put down attachment and there's not a rafter there or you've got some equipment in the attic and you know you don't have to go back up into the attic and and build more rafters. I would just add on on our directed deck attachments. What we've done is we test with our butyl really or mastic. Some people call it mastic. It's it's really a it's a butyl rubber material. We we've actually tested it to twenty seven oh three a, which is a standard that's coming out in force probably within the next year or two. It's not fully entered into force right now. 
but we've decided to go ahead with that path. And part of 2703A, for steep slope, it's really based on the butyl material, the sealant material. For low slope, which we're targeting with our systems as well, you have to do it on a membrane by membrane basis. So you actually have to do tests on all the different types of membranes. We, we not only do comp shingle with our, the, our direct-to-deck, we've gone to metal, TPO, EPDM, several other different types of, of roofing membranes specifically to get this 2703A certification. And so that we can, you know, continue to put our racking, our rail systems on, you know, even even lower slope roofs, especially that's that's especially important for, you know, like commercial applications where you typically have big roofs with a very low slope. How do racking manufacturers ensure due diligence in testing direct to deck connections? An interesting topic here because the typical test standards used in the industry are made for connection into the rafter. And so the test standards haven't fully caught up to what the industry is is doing with deck attachment. So your typical rafter attached test standards are your ASTM 7147, which is a, a specification for testing and establishing allowable loads of joist hangers. And then there's 1761, which is standard tests for mechanical fasteners and wood based materials. The gaps that we see in using these standards for direct to deck is that it's really limited in the fact that it's in a very controlled laboratory setting, like a 12 inch by 12 inch or 16 inch by 16 inch cutout square piece of plywood that's supported by two by fours on either side. It's secured down in a very controlled way that doesn't represent an actual roof and it forces the failure mode to be the screw pull out out of the plywood from your attachment. So in reality, there's many other different failure modes of the sheathing. So the sheathing can separate from the rafter. So that'd be like nail pullout where there's there's a lot of force pulling up on that sheathing panel and the actual roofing nails connected to the rafter will pop out. Or you have um, nail pull through where the, the heads of the roofing nails will pull through. And that, again, that's sheathing separation. And then you have the strength of the OSB or plywood sheathing itself where that can be deformed and deflected in, until the actual sheathing fails. What we found in our te- in our full-scale testing is that the solar panel roof attachment connection is typically not the first failure mode, right? And so testing it in this very limited laboratory setting where you're forcing the failure mode to be that at that attachment connection isn't really realistic of the failure mode. So what we've decided to do at Unirac, we, we take a more holistic approach to this testing. So instead of limiting it to a laboratory setting, we'll, we'll build a full mock roof and lay down full four foot by eight foot sheathing panels onto rafters and use, use a gantry to pull up and do up, uplift load testing to simulate, you know, the wind uplift loads on the roof, which we believe is represents real world conditions. That's really just the mount pulling out of the sheathing. What we've discovered, Billy, is that when we're doing some side-by-side comparison testing with our competitors, especially on the direct-to-deck attachments, that these loads that some of our competitors are claiming, number one, we're having a hard time meeting, and number two, it's in, like like Ryan said, in the very controlled laboratory setting. So what what we really try to focus on in our testing and this is why we we take a we take a very strict engineering approach. I know some people may think we might be a little overly conservative sometimes, but the reason that we do that is we don't want our system to be the failure of your roof. We don't want to cause the issues on your roof, on your solar, because once that starts happening, it's not just bad for for our company for Unirac, but it's bad for the entire industry if if stuff starts failing because we're not testing in a in a real world scenario. We're testing in a very controlled 
environment. So we really try to remove, or, or I guess our competitors kind of remove that true failure mode from the equation by doing it in the lab. And, and don't get me wrong, we still do lab testing, but then that's why we talk about going kind of above and beyond a little bit. We try not to just comply with the bare minimum building codes. We go above and beyond. Like Ryan was saying, we use a factor of safety of three. That's kind of the factor of safety, if you will, for the ASTM, I believe it's 1761, the mechanical fasteners and wood. If it's the wood that fails, which like we were talking about, it is, you should use a safety factor of three. So that's why we do that. And so we also really try and focus on not not just that, but to make, you know, ease of install for our product against our competitors. So for example, we test our systems, not just in the middle of a sheet of plywood where you get, you know, the benefit of all of those fasteners in the plywood. We actually test in the seam of your sheathing and not just plywood, but also OSB material which has an inherently lower strength. So we really try to simulate the absolute worst case scenario in real world conditions. And that's that's why, you know, the reason we do that, like I said, is that we, we just want to make sure that our systems meet our 25 year warranty and that they, they're not the thing causing you issues in your, in your home. Because once that happens, then solar starts getting a bad name and we don't want that. We want solar to be a thriving, prosperous industry. So, so that's kind of why we, we caution a little bit with our customers that come to us, you know, asking, how can we have so many more attachments? You know, in some cases we have, you know, a few percent more. In some cases it, it can be more than that. But the reason is because we want you to be able to install with peace of mind. And you're never going to know if your attachment direct to deck, especially uh, if you're not hitting rafters, you're never going to know if it actually is in a seam of those, of that sheathing or not. You're never going to know if you're right at the edge of a panel or right in the middle of a panel because that's the whole point of direct to deck so we really try and make it as seamless for the installer as possible and part of that means being a little bit more conservative on the engineering approach but what we consider that is to be safety yeah and at the end of the day with direct to deck a lot of these attachments are going to perform the same on a baseline and unfortunately it's kind of turned into a, a like a marketing race of who has the strongest direct to deck attachment in reality that's not really the case they're going to perform very similar so you told me about unirac's testing standards and practices but what does unirac currently offer for direct to deck attachments and what can installers put on roofs today we have several direct to deck attachments right now in our flash lock line we have our duo flash lock duo attachment uh, the flash lock system is based off of a backfill of sealant. So you attach the attachment directly to the roof wherever you want. It can be installed rafter or direct to deck. Uh, and then it ships with sealant designed for our systems. We work with a couple of different sealant manufacturers. And then you actually go back and backfill. There's a cavity in the flash lock attachment that you would backfill with sealant. Next, we have our new butyl line of attachment. So for our NXT system, which is our open channel rail, it is a, we call it our stronghold butyl. It is optimized specifically for NXT because it's an open channel system and to pull as much, you know, weight out of the rail as we possibly could to make it a little bit more flexible for ease of install on the roof, you know, try and make it as cost effective as possible for our customers. It uses a rail clamp. So we've optimized that that attachment with a, an open slot so you can drop in the rail clamp. We also just launched our solar mount butyl, which is very similar to our flash lock duo. Uh, it has a closed top, so it's, it's, a, it's a slotted hole with a closed top, and it's more targeted for our solar mount line, which is a more your traditional T-bolt style for both the clamps 
and for attachment to the rail. But it can also be used just like our flash lock line. It can be used on under any system. So both of those, the, the Stronghold Butyl and the Solar Mount Butyl, use our blend of butyl that we work with a couple of manufacturers on. We go a little bit thicker in our butyl than some of our competitors. The reason for that is, as, men, as Ryan mentioned, we really, we, I, I kind of call it our three-point seal. We really try and focus on sealing as much of those penetrations as possible. So the butyl gets caught in the threads of the screw and actually gets pulled down into that penetration in the roof. So it seals all those threads into the roof. We have a flat bottom instead of a cavity like some of our other competitors. The reason for that is that, that that flat bottom really, as you tighten down those fasteners and torque them down to your roof, whether it be rafter or direct to deck, it forces that butyl into all the little nooks and crannies, especially on a very rough surface like comp shingle or rolled comp surface. So we're sealing all the way around that. And then as it flattens out, it forces the butyl back up into the, the screw holes that are in the attachment. So it actually forces the butyl up over the top of those screw holes in the attachment. So it seals all the screw holes, whether you use them all or not. So that's our butyl attachments. Then the Flashlock Duo are our current direct-to-deck attachments. So Flashlock Duo, Stronghold Butyl, and Solar Mount Butyl are really our, our direct-to-deck attachments that are focused on rail systems. Uh, we also have our SFM Butyl, which is our, it's a butyl attachment that's also direct-to-deck for our railless system that we're, we're introducing. So it's optimized for our railless system. It's designed very similarly to, to the solar mount butyl and the stronghold butyl in that it uses the same butyl thickness. It's a little bit different footprint because like I said, it's, it's very much tailored and optimized for our railless system. But we've kind of seen Billy, like, like we've talked about on the direct deck attachments, we're really seeing a lot of demand in the market for those polymer chemical whatever you want to call them, flashings and attachments. So that's kind of what we've been focusing on for our direct-to-deck so far. Why does Unirat go above and beyond the minimum building code requirements? Yeah, so I think we can all agree that we're going to have more severe weather events in the future. NOAA has a lot of really good climate data, and we're seeing a higher frequency of severe weather, and we expect that to continue in the future, unfortunately. To get more into the technical nitty-gritty of it, Roofs are designed to withstand uniform loading, so uniform snow loads or uniform wind loads. And, and when you attach direct to deck, you're turning that uniform load into point loads. So once you reach a certain threshold, you can actually start to weaken that roof. And so we really do our research and due diligence in identifying that. And, you know, we're, we're not just making solar mounts and systems. It, it's an ecosystem that's tied in with building and construction. We have to follow the building codes. And so... It's really important that we as a manufacturer take that into account. And we're not we're not just trying to market, you know, the highest strength attachment where it, it's it's an ecosystem. Again, building standards are continuously being updated, such as ASC 7 based on climate data and lessons learned from older editions. Unirac, we're confident we don't want to be part of those lessons learned. Right. We want to be we want to do our due diligence ahead of time. And we're really designing for 25 plus years of reliability. We're not, we're not designing to today's minimum requirements and minimum code standards. This will benefit the installer, the homeowner, more peace of mind for the installer, less callbacks. It'll boost customer confidence in our products. And then you have to factor in unforeseen issues like incorrect design inputs, installer errors, things like that. So we'll be coming out with a white paper soon on our findings on this. Not all direct-to-deck connections are bad, right? 
It's just a matter of knowing what the limit is and what that threshold is. I'm Billy Lute with Solar Power World.